Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show, the first episode of the new season and what's a new season without a new host. I'm Lewis McParlin and I'll be taking over the reins from Nathan Staples this year to bring you all the chat regarding French football. Nathan will still be involved in the show, but myself and Pierre-Paul Birmingham, who will host Tuesday's news show, will be the voices you'll have to get used to this season, and we're very excited about that. And what better way to pass on the baton than to have Nathan on the show today as one of our panel. Nathan, how are you doing? How's your summer been? Uh, very nice. Strange to be on the other side of this metaphorical um, table <laughs> that we, we exist. But yeah, it's been a relaxing summer. Looking forward back to, to getting back to French football. Looking forward to just relaxing as a panel member. You don't need to worry about timings and all that stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got the I've got the slippers on. I've I've got <laughs> made sure the dressing gowns all all puffed up and everything. Yeah, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely grand. <laughs> awesome. And uh, my other panel member tonight is Thomas Wiseman, who'll be joining me as the other mainstay of the show this year. And this is this is a fact. Thomas is England's only Onji fan. So, you know, get your cameras out, ladies and gentlemen. This is quite the rarity. Um, we're not actually covering Onji in this episode, but just for a quick note, are you optimistic about your team's chances this season, Thomas? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I-, I think, unfortunately, we probably might be losing um, Jeff Rene Adelaide um, to Monaco, but I think there's been great uh, recruitment from uh, Angers and uh, another mid-table finish, I think. Another Stefan Mullen masterclass, honestly, it's on its way. Great, well, into the football. If this is the League of Talents, then last year was a season of stories, as we saw numerous narratives develop over the nine or so months. Teams like Ram and Nîmes took to league on football like a duck to water, while Bordeaux, Monaco and Marseille had less than desirable years, with fans of the latter citing the general disarray of the club as their reasoning for protests and aggressive banners. Lille stunned everyone to come second, while at the same time we said goodbye to our friends in Gangom and Cannes, who ended their six- and five-year stints in the top league. Strasbourg and Rennes achieved a bit of European excitement, but in the end, Paris Saint-Germain stomped home to their eighth Ligue 1 title. Who saw that coming? Just like last year, we will be previewing each of the teams competing in this year's competition. On Tuesday, Pierre-Paul and the team looked at Paris, Rennes, Strasbourg, Metz, Nantes, Marseille, Rennes, Angers, Brest and Toulouse, leaving us the other 10 clubs. You can hear that show on various podcast providers, including iTunes and Spotify. So let's go to our first team. We're going to take a look at Lille, who finished second last year in Ligue 1. They were remarkable. It's it's quite a story, actually, bouncing back from 17th in 2017-18 to, you know, silver medalists last year. But the main question is, I guess... Obviously, there's a bit of financial backing behind that now. But the main question is, was that a fluke? Or do you think they can now sustain themselves again as a top French team like they were around 2010 when they last won the league? What do you think about this one, Nathan? Uh, It's a tough one, I think, from Lille's point of view. I think the incomings and outgoings that we always kind of expected them to to lose a few players and and to obviously bring a couple more youngsters that we've not really heard a lot from uh, back in as well. It's a mixed bag of things. I mean, on the outgoings, losing Thiago Mendes and um, Kone to to Leon, both important players at at fullback and in the midfield as well last season. The headline will be Nicola Pepe heading to Arsenal, which is a terrific signing for them. But 
one they'd kind of prepared for. We all knew that Pepe was going to leave. It was just a matter of when and for how much, and they got a good deal for that. The worrisome one for me is the fact that they lost Rafael Leal within that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that I felt especially last season in the second half, he was excellent, but he was also the one that felt like the one capable of taking the Pepe mantle, really, and, and being that main goal scorer and, and that main uh, creator of the, the the amount of goals that they had. Now, can they be as flexible with these new signings in? There's a lot of names we haven't heard of. There's a couple that um, uh, have got some name value. I mean, Benjamin Andre is a terrific signing from Renard. He's been massively underrated in Liga for quite some time and he'll bring some balance with Mendez's uh, departure Timothy Weir we've seen a couple of times but didn't quite hit the heights we were hoping from that Celtic loan but uh, another interesting one nonetheless and obviously the the recent signing from Trabzon saw uh, Yassizi um, the Turkish international there was a it's one of the biggest transfers for a Turkish player from the Turkish league and uh, He's the interesting one. He's the potential X factor that I know a lot of people in in that that um, region of the world think of very highly of him. And he had a tremendous season last season. And it'll yeah. be interesting to see if he can build on it or if uh, the weird Leonardo Jardim edition might not <laughs> confuse some some commentators at least. But anyway, but it's it's interesting to see what they. I don't, I don't know what you think of this one, Tom. But they, it's kind of I don't know if they've not quite done enough to be. Champions League, yeah. Do you think they can it, it, they can reach that again? I think it'll be quite difficult, especially with the the departures of, of Pepe and Leao. I mean, they contributed to over half of the goals that Lil scored last season, and the the talent they brought in is is good. It's but it's it's players that haven't had a lot of minutes really. Um, they brought in two exciting players with um, Victor Simhen. From um, Belgian club, uh, I think it's Chalawa. Yeah, um, Chalawa. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, he's he's uh, scored about twenty goals uh, last season. But again, he's only young. He's only really had a one full season of a top flight football. Um, it's 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 good, good transfers coming in. Um, you'd expect that from from Campos, but I think to aim for a second place finish like they did last season might be overstretching it. I think it could be Europe for Lille uh, next season or this season. Yeah, a lot of a lot of players with a bit of name, and then there's players like Jallo they got from AC Milan as probably part of the layout deal. They've got him mm-hmm. uh, Potolacci from uh, PSG, Bradbridge from Hayuk Split. Um, it's a lot of players that we're not really sure about and I suppose that's it's kind of Leo's way isn't it so that's what throws things up in the air but I think you think of how good Jose Font was last season probably the best centre-back in Liga unless you qualify Marquinhos even though he played half of it in midfield but then again we've all seen how he was in England and how you know time can really affect players like it has with Glick at Monaco which I'm sure we'll come on to um, later but they've still got Mignon in net who was terrific Uh, they've still got the 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 uh, extra bits from those attacking ones where they didn't score as many goals in 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 Bomber and uh, Ikone but um, they've still got them it within their their side at least anyway that's the the positives they do have it's just whether they can push on to the next level and fill in the holes that they have the others have left behind and that's that's where it gets a bit tricky and a bit where whether Christoph Galtier can push them that next level 
Well, that's the interesting thing, because wherever Luis Campos has gone, that's always kind of been his unique selling point, taking players just on the cusp of their talent that people don't really realise, and then turning them into superstars and selling them for 30 million euros in the in the case of Liao, or 72 in the case of Nicola Pepe. Obviously, Pepe had a bit of potential that people knew about, but there's been other players that he's kind of taken from the not exactly the dregs of football, but taken from down low and put them up high. He's done it at Lille and he's also done it at Monaco, um, which leaves Benjamin Andre as a bit of an outlier because the average age of the arrivals this season has been 21 and Benjamin Andre is, is the oldest at 29. So do you think that the club are willing to gamble, not gamble, but use Lewis's Campos's experience and bringing in these players that he is confident will turn into superstars in many places like up front if you look at Osim Hen and Timothy Weah but do you think that that key your number six your defensive midfielder do you think Benjamin Andre was was a necessary player to bring in just to hold that team together to make sure it's not a team of, of teenagers pretty much I'll let you take this one Tom if you like yeah I, I think uh, Fans of Liga will know Benjamin Andre very well. He's consistently performed for Ren over the past three, four, five seasons. Um, and really having that experience in a team um, like like Lille will definitely prove um, productive, I think. Especially when you look at the, the players surrounding him, really. Um, I think uh, Bubakari Samare is a player that's been linked to Wolves recently big bid from Wolves has come in for him but he looks like he's rejected it and he he's going to try and play a full season uh, in that position um, especially with Mendes leaving so it looks like they might have some um, depth there um, to really to really push on um, with young talent they've also signed a, an Angolan midfielder from the Angolan division um, it's the highest transfer for an Angolan player Two million euros, and the the player is his name is Manu uh, Kamfumana, um, but his actual nickname is Show. It's S H O W. <laughs> so that's what's on the back of his shirt. And I did watch him um, a couple of minutes when he played at the Afcon in the summer, and he was a uh, he was you could see there was quite a raw talent to him, but he's very ambitious passer. So another another player to watch out for really for Lil. Yeah, is whatever Lewis Campos brings in these players. As much as you don't know them, you kind of just trust them that they're going to turn into these kind of superstars as, as the season develops. Like players like Show or, or players coming from lower leagues like um, Sad Asgazul coming from Marrakesh or Ronaldo Mandava coming from Belenenses. Even though you might not have seen much of them, you kind of just trust that his scouting network is is second second to none. So they could really be a big part of Lille's team. But Lille will have to compete with Champions League football this season, something they were without last year, obviously, when they had so much success finishing second. Is that going to be a big kind of stumbling block for them this season, or will they be able to kind of cope with it as they've still added to their squad? What do you think about that, Nathan? I, I think it's going to be really difficult with that added in as well. So with them being in the group stages, it means they're going to be in there at least until December time. So I think it's really going to struggle with the size of squad, especially depth of squad as well. You're thinking if if some of these players get injuries or, or don't hit the ground running, then there's a massive hole straight away. I mean, uh, Benjamin Andre, if he came injured, that would be pretty dreadful if, if he sees he doesn't quite hit the ground running, if Timothy Weyer can't find 
his feet, it, it all, it's a bit of a deck of cards. It, it will always remind me of the Monaco scenario and the, and the sort of the, the balance you need between both youth and experience, but also correct styles of depth because the, the, the struggle is, is if you lose two or three really important players, you might bring two in to replace them. But at the same time, are they both good enough to replace what they've got? And if they're both struggling, what, what do you do? And you saw what happened last season. Monaco um, fell like a stone. And that's that's the worry again. Do Lille now go that far backwards, especially with Champions League football to contend it with? Do they throw away what they earned last season? It's such a difficult, difficult balancing act. And uh, that's going to be Galtier's biggest challenge this season is making sure that his players um, compete for both. Because at the same time, if you go hell for leather for both of them it could get to the stage where they're out of the Champions League anyway, they've picked up some decent results in the league but in the second half of the season they're absolutely knackered and yeah. that, then, then they could fall from there as well so it's it's incredibly important that uh, they'll be glad that they've still got some time to do some business I think they need another three or four players through the door before they can realistically think right, um, Europe, Europe at least full stop is our goal, let's put ourselves about in the Champions League and show what we can do but with the squad as it is now with the talent base they've got I'm I'm a little worried they'll struggle to carry both both candles yeah because they they have lost quite a few players so what you're saying with three or four more players they need to add to that squad depth if they are going to yeah. compete on all fronts so to kind of wrap up where do you think they're going to finish this season I want your league prediction for where they'll finish this season from both of you but I also want who do you think will be a, a key player and also a potential young player who might break through and kind of surprise a lot of people who might not have known about him before. Well, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Lille finish about sixth. I think they'll have a real struggle in the first half of the season and they'll come good maybe in the second half when they've had a little bit of a win, rest over the winter break. The Champions League football's out of the way and they, they can build from there. Um, the important player, we've mentioned him enough times already, I think Benjamin Andre is going to be absolutely key. Um, him creating from deep and, and breaking up attacks as well is going to be um, absolutely vital to him. And if he can bring the level he's had at Ren consistently, then uh, he's going to be a real addition to them and they'll not miss Thiago Mendes one bit. And again, it's an incoming actually that I'm looking forward to seeing young youth-wise. I want to see how Timothy Weir um, expands. You know, We all know his name from his father. Um, he'd had some good moments at Celtic, but he didn't really explode like other loanees and French players have done in Scotland. And yeah. at that level, sometimes you need to show a lot more, but um, it's a very important season for him and someone that they are hoping can be the next Pepe, can be the next Leao. So um, a massive deal for him to try and show what he can do. And he's still at such a young age that um, he's got plenty of time to try and show it. Yeah, it feels like we're going and, and potentially being one of the star men at a team by himself. You know, he's not going to beat Paris where he's coming off for sub appearances. He's not really, the team doesn't revolve around him. Where if he's going to Lille, where he will be a bit more central in the team, it's a big opportunity for him. Like I have seen him a couple of times in the flesh. I saw him um, in the Youth Champions League a couple of years ago and also saw him. Um, and for Celtic and the Scottish Premiership playing a couple of times and you can see these kind of sparks of brilliance but it's just if he can put that together in a bit more of a consistent fashion because he wasn't always starting for Celtic um, and I hope he does kind of start for Lille. Thomas, what do you think about this? Where do you think they're going to finish and who do you think will be their key players this season? Yeah, I think it will be probably fifth um, this season. I'm just really excited by a lot of the players that are 
uh, joining. I hope that they can really gel and sort of set the, the league on fire, just like they did last season. Um, Players-wise, I think uh, Jonathan Bamba would, might be a quite a key player, especially now Pepe's left. It might be up to him to take up um, a larger goal-scoring role. He might even get a few penalties in there as well. Um, so, and on a on a prospect, I'm going to have to go with Show. Um, I think he he's he looks like he he can really um, contribute. Maybe just in the cup games, or maybe if the Champions League has a last last game in the group stage, he might be able to get a little uh, surprise in there or two. But yeah, watch out for Show. I think. Okay, perfect. Well, let's move on to Monaco who were quite in a high-profile situation. They were awful last year. They were 17th, almost getting relegated. You know, it, was a, it came right up to the final day as they just necked a couple points ahead of Dijon. But it was a fraught situation. You know, them going back down to League 2 would have been horrible for the club. But they've been given a lifeline and they've stuck with Leonardo Jardim. Uh, quickly, if you had to blame that season for Monaco last season on one aspect, what would you say it was, Thomas? I probably would say it was uh, the recruitment that came in in the summer, really. Right, they, yeah. They sold a huge amount of um, sort of stalwarts, the club or players that were experienced in Liga and brought in a, a lot of obviously great, really pro- um, promising talent was really an experience and it sort of crumbled for him and there was all the the mess with with Henri um coming and leaving very quickly um it was a difficult situation for for everybody at the yeah at the club i mean they slapped 130 million pounds on 15 different players across the season which is just staggering numbers. But they seem to have slightly changed their tact this season, bringing in only three players permanently so far. Gilson Martins, uh, Benjamin Lecomte, and Ruben Aguiar, the latter two, both from Montpellier. They've still spent a little bit of money, almost £50 million, but does it seem like they're trying to kind of put the brakes on a bit like, okay, well, that didn't work last season. Let's try and buy proven talents who were good last season and are actually coming into a bit of their prime. You know, they're not 19, 20-year-olds. These are all guys coming into around about 27 years old that can bring a lot more to the squad now. Do you think they have really realised their faults of last season, Nathan? Yes and no. Um, I think that the success Monaco had a couple of years ago came from the fact that they brought a load of young players in a couple of years before their success allowed them the chance to play football and grow into the team. And then when they did explode, they all seemed to explode at the same time, which was really helpful. They lost a few too many at that time. They kept a couple on and it was always going to see like the likes of Fabinho would go last summer and they panicked and they went and bought a load of young players. It wasn't the right strategy at that point. What should have happened is they should have bought those players the summer prior, giving them a year's experience to then put them in the team a little bit better and because of that they really struggled last season because the the players that they expected to kick on the the Tielemans who's obviously had a to, to Leicester City now. He, he didn't kick into the next gear that they were hoping. Um, a number of the players, other other players really didn't quite hit any kind of gear there, like Golovin and, and others. And They then panicked in January and went for incredible experience instead. Fabregas, <laughs> Naldo, they went in completely different op- opposite direction. 
they kind of stayed up just on talent alone, really, in the end. Leonardo Jardim got that little boost as he came back in, and then they really struggled. But I'm hopeful that that at least the signs so far are that they have calmed, them, calmed themselves down. They don't need to bring in so many players. A lot of players have been, a couple of players have been shipped out, even on, on loan or, or permanently. Thinking of City Bay and, and Grancier's gone on loan again. Mm. Oulu's gone to Saint-Étienne on loan. Um, Boulou's headed out on loan. Um, a number of players haven't come back. And Barek has gone on loan to Genoa. Um, so they've allowed a lot of the sort of deadwood that was that was sort of coming him down. I'm not talking about Andrea Raji, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm trying not to sully his name too much. But uh, <laughs> they, they, essentially, their the squad was too bloated in the wrong way. And they've done the right thing. I think Lecomte's a terrific signing, in, if, even if I think... Sabatis is a good goalkeeper, but he was injury prone last season, and they need a better backup. And but and Lecomte can be the main man now. Sabatis now in his mid, uh, early thirties, but injury prone can be the backup, and they can maybe look at moving him on next season. But what I would like to see from them now is they've they've got a couple of players in, like we've said, Aguilar's a good right back to bring in. He's much better than City Bay. Yeah. Um, they've allowed. They've obviously brought in the only loan player that they brought in that did anything in Martins who does need to get back into gear. He, he struggled at the end of the season, but there's players like Boschilia and, and Ait Ben Asir that maybe they want to reintegrate into this team. Maybe now they've got a bit more experience from, from going out on loan. Yeah, that was actually going to yeah. kind of bring myself to about my next point. Of the players that were brought in last year, do you think any of them got pass marks? And even if they didn't, do you think any of those players are now going to kind of start breaking into the team now that they've had a year? As as much as it was stressful, they've still had a year of football to kind of develop and, and grow a year, a year older. So, Thomas, do you think any of those 15 players that were signed last season will now start to actually come good and show their worth? Yeah, I think... I mean, a lot of them are still probably too young um, to really come in and have a start in birth in the squad. Um, probably from the recruits they brought in, I'd say Sofian Diop, Diop did impress me when he played. Um, but again, physically, he's got a lot to come on. Um, yeah. I think probably it, it would be um, limited minutes for some of the players. Um, and people like Sofian Diop might have quite a few more starts. Um, but it, it's a, it, it frustrates me with, with Monaco because they've got so much talent and they sort of have this weird loan system with uh, I think it's Bruges in, in the second division of Belgium where they yeah. they sort of ship off a load of players I watched um, Adama Traore um, at the AFCON this, this summer and he was really impressed and he's just been at Monaco for two or three years now and sort of wasted away um, his career it's really strange why they wouldn't just either you can get maybe five million out of him yeah. But uh, it seems like they're just going to try and loan him back or keep him in the reserves. Yeah, and one it's a the... funny one. Yeah, I just wanted to say, sort of, yeah. with, coming back to the sort of players you mentioned about coming in, if none of them got a pass mark, by the way, as you started off, I don't think okay. anyone got a pass mark. I think that's fair. Agree with you. But you, you have to think that players with the talent level that they have have to come good at some point with their ages. I mean, Balotore was good at Lille, but had a pretty dreadful time at, so far at Monaco, really, in all honesty. I think people were papering over the cracks with his name, really, more than yeah. anything. And, and he should have a better season. He's much better than he showed. So he's 
replace Benjamin Hendricks. He was good at by Leverkusen. He can be better than he's shown so far. But mainly, the number one I think everyone's thinking of is Alexander Golovin. He can be better than he's shown. And he showed flashes of it, especially yeah. when Jardim returned. But he's the one, much like I put the pressure on Tielemans to be the one last season, Golovin is the one who needs to be the linchpin that improves. Because if he can improve and become a bit more of a, a focal point of the team, a creative force in that number 10 role who scores goals, who creates goals, it'll make all the difference. But that's all well and good if they do kick on and become great players like many people expect them to be. What if they don't? What if it's another year of players not being developed enough, they're not being enough experience in the team to kind of back them up, and it's another underperforming season then? what do Because, you know, you, you get that idea that Monaco will just panic again and try and splash money, maybe not £150 million, but splash money on players to kind of paper over the cracks. It doesn't seem as if there's much of a long-term vision going on right now, which was there a couple of years ago. I think you will see in the first six games how Monaco's season is going to go. I think that the fact that Jardim is still there means that in pre-season he saw enough and they did pretty well in certain well, pre-season is an outlier really it's not going to give us a load of information but they did keep five clean sheets against good teams yeah. um, so it tells you that they may be building something a little bit different more akin to the very start of the Leonardo Jardim era where they were incredible defensively before becoming the free-flowing attacking style that they got so maybe they're returning to that kind of route and I think if you see them struggle in the first six games, if they're mid-table or lower, I think Jardim goes. Um, I think Jardim understands that if he can rescue it and they finish where I think they're going to finish, and I'll keep that a mystery for now, uh, <laughs> he th- if that will recover his reputation to the point where he will be linked with these big jobs again and he'll get that in the summer instead. If, he, if, he, if it does struggle in those first six games, he understands that... He needs to leave now, otherwise his reputation is dead, um, really, because he's come back. He saved them from relegation, but couldn't turn it around in a summer that he had on his own. So we will see how this team does in those first couple of moments. And then I think if that happens, they'll bring someone in to, to settle the season. They'll finish mid-table and they will push the reset button. And go, oh. right, OK, this seat will we'll probably hire a young manager. We'll probably turf out a load of this these players unless set from the ones we can we we think are, are very young or or are perfect for our rebuild project and completely rebuild this team from the top on we'll see that how monaco season will happen from the first six games so let's hear your league prediction who would you think they're going to finish and who do you think is going to be their key player and a young player to break through you've got a lot of uh, a lot of people for selection for the young player to break through by the way <laughs> More than anyone, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I would concede to Tom first. Let's give some more mystery to my to my choice. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to go ambitious and say fourth for them. Fourth? Yeah. I, I do think with, especially, I'm really impressed by Lecompton and Aguilar um, they brought in. They're just two solid players, really. Two really good players that have have been have been really consistent in Liga. Um so I think probably a, a key player for them <laughs> I would I was going to say Nash Chadley then but he'd stay on the bench <laughs> yeah probably um, a key player is probably going to be Falcao again um, if he stays he's yeah. cons- even even when they've been dreadful last season Falcao was still still popping up with with goals for them um, 
as for a, a prospect, it's uh, it's difficult. Uh, could, could I count Badiashile there? Yeah, does that still count? Should, I mean, yeah, he's still he's still well. very young. Um, so I think he'll he'll definitely he'll just start every game. I, I think I wouldn't really have Jemison in defence no. um, anymore. Um, so I think Badiashile really would would uh, staple his name onto that that back line for certain. Yeah, he definitely put himself on the map last season. But it was interesting how you brought in all these young talents and then it was a guy coming in from the academy that really like made himself a staple of the team. I always yeah. thought that was quite interesting and just mm-hmm. quite a quite a funny thing to happen. Of, of, of course it was going to happen in this year. Uh, Nathan, what's your predictions? Well, uh, as many of the pod listeners will probably know in Jardim, we trust. I, I, think <laughs> I, finish, I think they'll finish third. Um, I think if the potential of this team is definitely better than everyone else other than two squads, and we can probably guess them straight away. At least one of them I should hope. But the, <laughs> pot- the potential is still there. They still have a tremendous base of players that if you, on paper, put them to their full potential, which you would hope a coach of the quality of Leonardo Jardim can do, they should be finishing third. If, on an outside bet, challenging for second, depending on how the second team did and Lecomte's a great transfer uh, Abguilar's the right transfer the right move if they can bring in a nice uh, defensive midfielder or a deep line playmaker that can uh, work with Fabregas possibly and a striker I, I, I think they can be really good and there's plenty of time in the window the, the important players for me um, should he stay Ronnie Lopez because he's the only one who's done anything in the last two years really yeah. for, for Monaco for a great degree he's really exciting on his day he, he wasn't great last season but we excuse him that because there were injury problems so hopefully he can pick up if he is fit and ready to start the season and stays at the club as well because I know there is interest especially from Italy um, oh. I, I think this, the, like I can see why Tom was struggling. I think honourable mentions for the young players, obviously English fans will hope Jonathan Panzo gets some games in. Um, He may get a chance or two with uh, Naldo, maybe a little bit aging in that would rather play uh, myself than Jemison at the moment, really. So, um, but my my pick really is, um, especially if Radamel Falco goes, uh, Pietro Pellegri is the one to watch, really, because I I really really like him. I, I want to see more of him. I think every time he's played, he's got great size. He's got good strength. He's a good finisher as well. When he has been in front of goal, he just barely played. I just hope that this is the season where Jardin looked at his team, looked at what he's got at the moment, and he's thought. Okay, if Falco goes especially, can Jovetic be trusted as a striker on his own? Probably not. Can Kaitabalde play centrally if he's going to stay at the club? Probably not. And then your options are limited to Musasile, Goebbels, Cardona, Foster. You're picking Pellegri. Um, And the hope is that he can grow into a real quality striker. There was massive hopes in Italy for him. Um, He's he's my prototypical striker. I love a good target man that can also run in behind and has got a little bit of everything. If he can get him fit, if he's worked hard this summer, I think he could be really, really special. And let's hope that he gets given a chance this season. I agree. So let's move on to a team that may just be, well, if you two are right, might just be fighting for similar places in amongst them, maybe just above. Let's talk about Leon. So they finished third last season, but have had a change of manager. They they went out with Bruno Genesio. They, they gave him the boot in favour of Silvino to bring him in. The Brazilian who has never actually had any experience up until now of being a number one, being a manager. He's had minor coaching experience, but he's never been a number one. 
He's played under Pep Guardiola, though, and Roberto Mancini, you know, two very astute, very technically gifted managers. So that brings me to the main man, Salvino. What's been your opinions of him so far in the role? What do you think of him so far, Thomas? I think it's he's kind of um, part of a, a group of Liga managers, in my opinion, that are just complete unknowns, really. Um, I've, I've never really watched... Uh, any of his you see assistant work um, it's really s- strange it makes some sense with Janino coming in as well yeah. um, but it's it's sort of a, a complete unknown really for how he's going to um, how he's going to do uh, Leon it's a big risk but one that I think Jean-Michel Lass is is confident in taking that's the thing I think coming off of Bruno Genesio who was, you know, solid and actually really like Bruno Genesio and I, I would have loved him to stay in the league. But to go to such a gamble like Salvino, I understand Juninho's a bit of a, you know, it's, he's, he's got history at the club, so I can understand that appointment. But I just think to go such a drastic, such a, a left-field appointment as Salvino might just be a bit too much of a gamble, especially when they're building together quite an impressive squad. I mean, of course, they've, they've lost in Dombele, they've lost Mendy, they've lost Fakir, I feel that they've replaced quite well and I'd say just judging purely on squad they've got one of the best squads in the league would you agree with that Nathan? Yeah I think it's pretty clear from that I mean just to quickly mention on on the the, the manager and the managerial team I think <laughs> uh, Leon fans will forever bow at the feet of Juninho Perfenbacher <laughs> he's, he's a tremendous player and in them he'll trust and I can't believe you didn't mean, mention the two years Silvino spent under Arsene Wenger as well I mean I know he's <laughs> maybe sullied his name in the last couple of, <laughs> couple of seasons before he left Arsenal but I'm sure any French listeners or any Arsenal fans especially at that 99 to 2001 vintage they were pretty decent then at least but oh, back on back onto the squad uh, yeah I, I really Really like it. I think that maybe some of the um, outgoings have been exaggerated a little. Yes, Furlong Mendy, Tongi and Dembele are tremendous players. Nabil Fekir had a really average last season, but he is yeah. someone with incredible talent as well. But it allows them to play in a different way with his departure. They've got really good replacements in for Mendy and Dembele. Is Kone quite Mandy's uh, quality level is arguable, but I, I I'm a big fan of Coney. I think he's a good player to to bring in in that place. Mendez is a different type of midfielder to Andombele, but someone they needed a little bit more um, physical in terms of breaking away play. Maybe he's a little bit more creative deep rather than Andombele, who's a great box to box style of player. But adding to that, I think that Tatarasano is an excellent second group keeper that's mm-hmm. up there with some of the best teams really in terms of one and two now with Anthony Lopez um, it helps give them an insurance policy should Lopez not sign his new contract as well it gives great competition for him because Tatarasano is not going to sit by and live with his paycheck on the bench really which is great news and I think Joachim Anderson's a tremendous signing as well that I mean they really hit out with Denier last season. He was excellent up until the last three, four weeks of the season. So you can excuse him a little bit of a break just before the break, really. Um, But he could be someone in Anderson that the bigger clubs were looking at, certainly in Italy. Um, Someone who's of a good age, a good physical build. I've liked what I've seen of him at Sampdoria. And uh, he can make a really great partnership with him. And with Marcelo being still a backup, potentially, I, I think they've got a... A, a really nice little window and there's still time left they've kept 
everyone else they could possibly do with and though we think they could go out and it's going to like just to come back to sort of where Nabil Fakir came in that the, the mantle is now thrown down to Hussam Awa really mm-hmm. um, he will play either in the same position as Fakir did and I think that's his best position as well or he will play in a midfield three with the likes of Mendes and either a Diop or a Tussar depending on how they want to play it um, he will benefit from not having Nabil Fakir take the spaces that he likes to take up. Really. Yeah. Um, and if he can reach the talent level, he can be as good as Fakir. Um, some may argue better. Some may argue that Fakir's ceiling is higher. Um, I would say that you're splitting hairs really for me. And um, this is the season for him to step up now in Fakir's shadow. Yeah, I, I think with the outgoing of Fakir, I would love to just see this team now be built around Awar because I, definitely think he's good enough to just be the kind of main man at a club like Leon. he's kind of shown that over the last couple of years as he's been fed into the team but whenever he's played he's such a consistent player which is quite rare for someone in an attacking position like it's easy it's not easy but it's common to find a consistent player play at defensive mid or play at right back but to play in those attacking positions across the front three wherever he wants to play he's always so consistent and i think he should be given the chance to just to just to be your lunch bin just to be your talisman this season and i hope that's kind of something that leon are, are planning on this season but there was something quite worrying coming out of some press conferences Silvino was questioning the soul and the character of his team saying they weren't quite up to what he expected. Do you think this is a, a worrying sign, you know, just a couple of days ahead of the new season, Thomas? I mean, yeah, I think looking at last season, there was times where they did display sort of, um, sort of a lazy attitude to some games when they were, when they did play. Yeah, a bit of immaturity almost. Yeah, I guess it's, it can be, down to the fact that a lot of the players are quite young and developing still. It did happen with um, Undumbele last season. There were times where he just didn't really seem like he wanted to play much um, during some games. Um, and Undumbele is a player that just thrives at a big stage. Um, but against the smaller teams in Liga, where they just sort of sit back and, and uh, let him see what he can do with the, the ball much more in possession, he, he sort of just turned off a little bit. Cough, cough, de pie, duff, cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And de pie as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of the uh, way around for de pie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With his uh, rap videos and all sorts coming out oh, over the, the oh, summer. I know a lot of basketball players seem to do this nowadays and have a mini rap career on the side, but it's the first time I've seen a, a professional footballer does it. And he was rubbish. Um, I don't yeah. mind telling him that. He was yeah. very rubbish. I like... Uh, but, pardon me, but I do like rap music, but I'm not going to say... Um, <laughs> it's very white of me to say, I suppose, more than anything. <laughs> but but Depay's was rubbish. I could rap better. My grand could rap better in there. Maybe you should really focus on football, but um, that's never really been uh, Depay's uh, forte, shall we say. Yeah, I know. A little bit of inconsistency came toward came into his play kind of towards the end of last season. I mean, he had a big stint. I don't know the, the actual number, but he had loads of games where it just he didn't contribute directly to any goal or assist and just looked completely out of it. And I think he's the type of player that can be quite discouraged quite easily by that. You know, if he's not in the right form, I think he can just be a bit like, oh, what's the point? You know, what's the point going about? I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to light it up. And then when he did get his goal, he kind of 
um, went back in the train a little bit. And that's what I want him to do this season. I do want him to impress again, like he has been at times over the last couple of years at Lyon. But do we think he's going to be a key player for them this season? What's our, our predictions for, for Lyon in terms of a key player, a young player, and their league finish? Thomas, I'll let you go first. Uh, I think it'll be another second place, really. Um, risking a lot on Solino. But I think the talent they've got in the, in the in the squad just sort of takes them to that to that position really. Yeah. Uh, a, a key player I think will be Dembele, Musa Dembele. Last season he sort of came came into the squad and the the starting eleven late on second half of the season. But when he did, he was phenomenal really. Um, I think it was ninety one percent of his shots uh, were coming from inside the box, and I think only. Somebody like Kylian Mbappe can really uh, attest to our better numbers than that. Um, yeah. It was 15 goals last season in limited appearances, and I, and I think really hoping they, they can keep him. Um, I think he'll definitely kick on. Yeah, f- for me, it's definitely not Depay. I mean, I think <laughs> I think Depay has been a gentle fraud for for his most of his Leon career really his stats have made him look a lot better than his on-field performances have ever done um, I, I think my, my key player would have probably been Dembele I agree with everything that Tom said he's I really like him as a forward but I, I'm going to also add in his probably partner in crime this season in Martin Terrier um, another player that really did well in the second half of the season showed that he could score goals even playing on a, on a wider position which is maybe not his preferred style but at the same time they can maybe mix things up with him and Dembele this season and he's going to be really important because they do need to still replace the goals that they've um, that, that have sort of faded out of the team since that um two seasons ago where they scored boatloads um, yeah. in the front three. Um, my, my young player is, is going to come from the midfield, really. I mean, you could argue I, I are quite easily, really, but uh, I think it's a big season for Papa Diop. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they build in midfield now because they've got so many options up front and Thiago Mendes and Awa are almost a certain start. So it's between Newman, Jean-Lucas, who we've not seen much of, so I don't want to really... Sp- put him forward although he is a young yeah. player we'll see how he gets on his recommendation sort of of Silvino himself so um, it'd be interesting to see how he does but we saw a little bit of, of Diop last season he looked decent on the ball um, I, I quite like the way he plays he's got a good build he's, he's very physical he's got great box-to-box ability and he, but he still feels quite raw um, so it'll be interesting to see how he develops as a footballer because I think it'd be between those two for fighting for places and Toussaint being the, the maybe the man left out after he's had a bit of a dip but um, let's see if Diop because if he can become a really talented player that adds a box-to-box next to Thiago Mendes being the the sort of one who sits back a little bit for them um, and, and Awa being the incredible creative force it will give them the real balance they need in that midfield to succeed and, and nail down that Second place. Second, okay, perfect. Let's move on to Bordeaux, who are one of the teams who had a horrible season last year. You know, they, they achieved Europa League football the, the year before under Gus Poyer just towards the end. But, you know, there's been two managers in between then. You could potentially call it three if we're going to count Eric Bedouet and the whole situation with him and Ricardo Gomes and one being the general manager and one being the actual manager. Lots of technicalities. But essentially, there's been a lot of change at Bordeaux over the last season. They eventually finished 14th and are now under the Portuguese Paulo Sousa. But his record at the club, as, as much as it has been quite short, only 13 matches, and that's including friendlies, they've only won two games under Sousa and they've never looked that 
encouraging. They did have a little bit of a, of, uh, a difficult run of games towards the end of last season. But do you honestly think that Seuss is the man to take them forward? I mean, they do have quite an exciting squad with quality like Mexer, like Quateng, like Cassielli just joining, also Jimmy Briand at times, but also young players like Samuel Kalu, Yasin Adley, who I'm a great fan of, and Josh Maja, who's still a little bit, still got a bit to prove. But do you think that Sousa is the man to take Bordeaux forward, Thomas? I think so. Um, it would be it was just going to definitely benefit with him having an actual full pre-season with the squad and figuring out what is his best team going to be because it sort of was a mismatch towards the end of last season when he did come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with some of the players like uh, Jules Kund leaving, it does put some doubts in my head. I mean, I know Koscielny is a, a very experienced player and it brought in, uh, I think, Mexer from Ren mm-hmm. as well. He's also a very experienced league on um, player, uh, but he sort of, he just, it just feels kind of boring, um, which it has sort of been at Bordeaux for quite quite some years now. They've just had a merry go of merry round of um, of managers just come in and you know Gus Poyet tried it and sort of ended in disaster. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure this will go as bad, but I think probably um, middling. I think. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it, really. I mean, I think they've, you mentioned at the top, really, Lewis, that they've made some nice signings. I, I like the move for Koscielny, even though I think his best days are almost certainly behind him. But yeah. they have someone like that who's just returned on loan in Paul Bice, and he, he's twice the player he is, really. Uh, Quateng and, and Mexeg. Good signing, solid defence was an issue last season. They'll be happy to try and get some better players in front of Benoit Costil, who's still a great keeper, really. Um, but after that, do they think that they have enough in other areas? They've got loads of players there, but can Francois Camino push on to the next level like he's been sort of nudging towards? Can Samuel Kalu do that? Can Jimmy Brion be still as good as he's been um, in the last couple of seasons before last season where he was uh, okay can Nicola de Preville finally take all the love notes that I've sent him and turn into the player that I knew he can be? Um, that's that's yet to be seen unless someone maybe, I think he maybe looks for a move away. And and then it's trusting some of these young players, like you mentioned again, Madja, Tushimeni is another one that I'd put in there. Tom Abasic yeah. did okay last season. I think he was maybe the one to come out with a bit of credit. Yassin Adli, um, they've got Vada back as well from Santetienne who was on loan. Can they maybe does he get reintegrated now because he can be a really great midfielder for them um, and push out someone like Otavio who not, I'm not as big of a fan of. Can Yunus Sankare find that form that he had for the first three games that faded for the thir- the 35 that followed it really? And can those defensive reinforcements get them more solid? There's just a lot of questions for them and it seems that there's always a lot of questions for Bordeaux. Have they got the right things together? I think we'll know pretty early on where they'll, where they'll finish and <laughs> just feels like they're maybe in the middle of the pack. I'll pose you another question on top of that then, because, and this is quite a selfish question, because I quite liked Bordeaux's play when they were under Poye. I thought they were quite good to watch and in the early stages of the of the Europa League. I know it was a short stint at the club, and you, know, you can always just have that honeymoon period when a new manager comes in, but do you think this squad, this team, would do better if they had Gus Poye compared to if they how they're going to do with Paulo Sousa. No. Tom? 
no, no, I don't think so either. I think that that, and that, and that <laughs> yeah, they, they, I just they played okay football, but they were awful in defence. And you, if you watch both those Europa League games, they were good in that first leg. But it was so tepid at times as well. At the same time, if they can't, they can't naturally create. They're not expansive enough under Poirier. They weren't. They were. They tried to do it too often. And if they'd stop for the first twenty minutes, they'd shut down completely. And they cut caused some awful, awful games. And the, behind the scenes, you could see sort of in the season prior the, the sort of terrible attitude on some of them and, and everything. And the, the sort of, I'm even thinking back to Malcolm's sort of stint there as well, where, mm-hmm. it, was, where it was pretty poor as well. I mean, they just they just are a team that needed a, a right coach. And at least Sosa was being interested of Italian teams. Like it looked like Roma tried to steal them at the last minute as well, which yeah. was a fun little saga to have. At least he's got some experience. The, the important thing, and I said this last season, is Bordeaux needed to find a man that they could have in, install, and him be the one for the next three, four years minimum. Um, the problem is, is they keep changing, and I, I think that's going to happen again this season. And uh, if it does, they need to relook on how they're doing this. They need a new sporting director. They need a new young manager. They need a good clear out and um, start again. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. So how does that affect this season? Where do you think they're going to finish? I'll, I'll go with 10th. I, I think they're bang in the middle at the moment. I think they've got enough talent just about to, to edge out some teams, but they're not going to flirt with Europe. Worst com- push comes to shove, they could flirt with relegation if they have a really dreadful season, but I can't really see that happening. Um, a lot leans on the shoulders of Kishoni this season. I think he needs to lead that defensive line that got so many... Well, especially someone like Pablo, who needs a good... Um, tug on the shirt sometimes to stop himself yeah. from having a red card because he's falling <laughs> over himself for it sometimes and I think that he's going to be important and we've mentioned all the young players really I'm putting a little bit on Josh Madger really that he is their only real recognisable central striker other than maybe Jimmy Briand and some would argue that he's more of a wide attacker anyway he yeah. There's a lot of promise in him. I would like to see him play a little bit more because he did obviously pick up that injury straight after he finally scored his first, well first scored his first goal in his first couple of games. So the hope is is he plays more often this season and grabs a couple of goals and and gives them something to shout about. Thomas, I'll go with uh, ninth because uh, Nathan said tenth, but yeah, <laughs> in the middle really, um, just sort of a, a boring but average season for Bordeaux. Um, for a player-wise, I think Samuel Kalou might um, push through and sort of overtake Kamano as a as a important player in the squad. He did impress me when he did when he played last season. He had a couple of injuries um, that sort of stopped him really having a, a starting berth a lot in the in the squad. But when he when he did play last season, he was really really um, impressive. He has all the attributes to really be a great winger. Um, impressive defensively, puts a lot of pressure on on defenders. Great delivery, takes a, quite a lot of shots, but not quite speculative. But um, an impressive player, and I think he'll push on this season. Right. Well, I'm going to chuck my hand, and I'm going to say they're going to finish 14th. I'm sorry. Don't like, just don't see it happening. And that's my that's my two cents. Let's uh, move on to Nîmes Le Croc. They finished ninth last year under Bernard Blackard in their first season back in the big leagues. They were incredible at times. They were terrible at times. Uh, inconsistency kind of plagued their season. But, you know, they did show their quality at times. 
But like a lot of overperforming teams, they lost some of their bigger players in the summer, like Teji Savani, like Dennis Bwanga, Aloui, and Tube, to, to name kind of the bigger ones. They got a bit of investment off that, £17 million brought in. But do you think it's a bit risky that they've kind of let a lot of their big players go when they're only approaching their second season back in Ligue 1? What do you think about this, Thomas? The, the squad's sort of been stripped apart, really. Yeah. Um, I think the, the huge loss is, is Savania, sort of the, the beating heart of the team um, for the whole season, really. It was so consistent and, in my opinion, probably the best player um, to play in France last season. Yeah. Um, he, but I think they can't really, he can't really replace a, a player like that in, in central midfield. Um, but taking out you know, Bozok and Aliou, even though they, they weren't fantastic um, last season, and as well, both wingers, Tube and Bohanga, it, it does concern me um, with how Nima going to do the, uh, this season. You know, a lot of their, their transfers, and apart from probably Pablo Martinez, who's the only player who's signing from another league and club, they're all quite risky. I mean, if you look at players like like Vlatko Stojanovski, uh, who's coming from the North Macedonian League, uh, not the most illustrious league, but he scored like 22 goals last season. You know, it's, it's one of these signings where it's like, he's either going to hit the ground running or he's going to be an absolute dud and he's just going to never kind of develop to the higher quality of football that he's going to be coming from. They've also signed Roman Philippe II, who's coming from League 2, Sidi Sarr, who's coming from lower leagues as well, Zinedine Ferhat. I mean, it's not like these players didn't play well last year, but it's just like, you, I feel that they don't have enough experience, enough of that league and grit that might cause them a bit of problems this season. What do you think, Nathan? Tom hit the nail on the head. They've had body blow after body blow after yeah. body blow this summer, really. I mean, Teju Savanier was always going to go. I mean, and it's impossible to replace him. So you kind of, they kind of had to live with that. Um, yeah. The, the Bozok and Ali is, is a sort of a, not terrible. They didn't really contribute an enormous amount last season. Aloui a little bit, more, a, a fair amount, but Bozok really didn't hit the ground running like we had hoped. Mm-hmm. I, I think the real big losses of Buanga and Tube. I think that they really, um, they essentially played as as two really high wingers and were the, the real instigators of forward play and counter attacks. And having those both gone and replaced them with Roman Filippotto, who um, <laughs> was pretty average at Lorient last time he was in Liga, but I think it might have been two, three years ago. Now it's it's not filling me with any kind of confidence. A lot of these are big risk moves, which memes can and they meme kind of have to make really, unfortunately, with their with their means. But um, is there any real positives to take from this? Uh, they've got Pearl Berladoni. Um, uh, he's back on loan again. Um, why he's not permanent, I don't know. Um, it, you know, they've they've uh, they've not really done much else other than that. It, it, it's you know, Mauas has gone back on from on loan. They've not really got any recognisable names from last season, except for maybe Dupre and Repar up front. But they're not going to get the same kind of service. Um, they are on the canvas, and the referees at seven for me. Yeah, I, I think they're playing a very risky game just generally. I do think they need a lot, a lot more strengthening. Like they have kept some of their or other players that did play well last season. Renault Rapar really came into his own in the last kind of third of the season. Anthony Bobichon, Anthony Briasson, who I really like, all staying. But I think they might just be on course to suffer a bit of second season syndrome of that a lot of promoted teams kind of suffer from. 
I, I think they don't have the players, they've lost too many players, and they don't have the squad depth to kind of last a full season, especially if, especially if injuries and whatnot start coming in. Unless they've got an incredible generation of youth talent coming through, but it doesn't look likely. So let's let's hear the numbers, let's hear the damage. Where do you think they're going to finish this season? I'm going to say I think this is possibly the worst squad in Liga in this season. Um, yeah. I think they'll finish bottom. Um, it's hard to say because they played such expansive football last night and they were last year and they were really exciting to watch that um, it's it's difficult to think that they will be anything else now unless they bring in three, four, five players. I think they're finishing bottom. They they're going to rely pretty heavily on Repar to try and do something out of nothing really unless someone else helps him out a little bit in terms of goals because that was their blood life last season and I suppose the one shining light for me at least anyway in terms of watching I'm looking forward to seeing how Sofiane Alakouche sort of improves from from last season I, I liked when he did play last campaign created a lot was was nice from from fullback um, he's probably one of the players that may stay in Liga and should they go down but uh, He's not looking very pretty. Yeah, I've got Alakush noted down as one of, of my kind of more important players for Neem this season as well. Thomas, do you agree? Do you think they might just hit the drop as well? You're only in their second season back in Ligue I think they might actually stay up, <laughs> but only just. Um, I was I'm going to give some sort of good sort of news uh, for Neem. They did <laughs> sign um, Zinedine. Uh, Zinedine Ferrat from Le Havre last season. Oh, well, he was at Le Havre last season. And he was a supreme assister. Um, I think it was two seasons ago, 20, 20 assists, I think it was. Oh, and he geez. is, yeah, and he, and he sort of does compare quite well with some of the players they did have. Um, his delivery from set pieces and crosses is really, really good. And I think that's where they're trying to plug his gap, sort of Savanier's gap with him, um, as well as. He's quite a really, he's really good runner for sort of getting up the pitch and getting a long distances, which is where you'd think that Tube Tube had that quality last season. Um, so I think Ferrat will be probably the key player for them uh, if they're trying to produce that many, you know, the, the amount of goals and chances they did create. I think he'll be the big the big player to come in. And also Clément Dupré, who I almost forgot was um, at the club, um, he, he did pop up with a couple of goals but didn't get much in the way of minutes um, but when he did I was quite impressed I mean he did score a few against Angers so I'm kind of jealous about <laughs> that but um, he did he did impress me he got, you know he's got good positions in the box and he was quite quite impressive um, quite dangerous in the air so I think maybe they'll finish 18th and just about win um, a playoff match yeah, I know what you mean. I probably agree with you. I think there's probably slightly, probably not worse squads, there's probably slightly worse teams uh, around there that probably could finish a bit low. Like I was, when you really look in depth at like teams like Dijon that we'll come into later, it's quite scary. Uh, okay, let's talk about Saint Etienne, who came fourth last year under Jean Louis Gasset. But that manager has now left the club, leaving his assistant, Gilon Pritant, to take on the baton and kind of go. I, I, and progress from what Jean-Louis Gasset created. But do you think that Printon has the necessary tools to go on and excel with this San Etienne team, take them even further up the league, or maybe do well in Europe this year? Do, do you think they have the necessary players and squad that Jean-Louis Gasset 
left to go and really do something special this season. I'll, I'll go to Nathan for this one. I think they need to do a little bit more. Um, if they want to compete on all sorts of fronts, and they were excellent, especially the second half of last season, they, they need to do a little bit more in terms of bringing a couple of players in. They maybe need to shift a couple more Deadwood as well, but uh, they need a little bit more depth, really. But um, the players really back Preton. Um, that's the whole reason he got the job, really. A lot of players stayed because Preton um, was so endorsed. And I mentioned right at the back end of last season how I didn't really feel confident in having him as manager given his his past in Liga Bastia not really played great football didn't really have a entertaining team and it did kind of take them down eventually but um, uh, at the same time I'm willing to write that off if players have that much faith in him um, then I'm willing to sort of eat that and say that I, I will trust their judgment more than mine really but players wise Cabela's a pretty big loss um, they will be hopeful that Boudibous can be as good as he was at Montpellier because then if that can happen, if anything, it's not just a, a, it sort of equals itself out. It might even be a positive given what Boudibous can sort of do from set pieces and, and whatnot, as well as contribute maybe more goals than Cabela does as well as the assists. So um, that would be their hope. But if it's not, it is a big loss for them. Um, they'll be happy to get the money for Saliba and have him back on loan as well. I'd like to see how, how low does an, in uh, in Saint-Étienne, sort of as the defender, the, I've heard good things about Trauco as well, the, the player from Flamengo in Brazil. He's, he's, he's supposedly going to be an exciting player for them. Buanga, we've already mentioned, is probably going to actually be a bench player, really, in all honesty, for, <laughs> for Saint-Étienne at least anyway. But he's a great impact for them to have, really, to be fair. Um, so the, there's great pluses and there's a couple of young players thrown in there as well. So I'm pretty positive from where they are. I don't think they're they're any weaker. The, the players they've lost, a couple of players returning on from on loan, like Ben Esser and, and Varda, and they've allowed Subotic to go back on loan to to Union Berlin as well. So we'll see how um, they do there. But um, I think at the moment they're pretty standing pat, which is why I think two or three more signings, and I'll feel even more positive about Satetian and their champion chances of qualifying for the Europa League as well, because at the moment they're pushing it, but um, they look pretty good. Yeah, they were actually right on the cusp of, of finishing third. If they just kept up a little bit more towards the end, of, you know, there, there were some silly results last season that would have just brought them into third. Um, so they were quite close to that, and I do think they do have the potential. There, There is the potential in this team. It's not like they've lost too many key players. I mean, technically, William Salba's away, but obviously they're still going to have him this season. Remy Cabea was very good last season at times, but their, their additions of Dennis Buanga and, and Budibu may just kind of make up for that and to get 10 million for him as he's almost turning 30 I don't know I think it's actually all right business um Thomas I'll come to you because you talked about Lehav in, in the last uh, section Harold Makudi he's had a lot of hype coming up from Lehav he's only 21 center back probably going to be playing right beside Saliba as a very young center back partnership do you think he can really hit the ground running coming into Ligue 1 this season uh, definitely, I think so. I think Makudi to me is probably one of the best centre backs that I think Ligue 2 has produced over the couple of last five years. Maybe um, he's a real, he's a really um, proactive defender. He's got great anticipation, um, really physical. He's got all the capabilities to really seamlessly slot into into Ligue 1 with with not much, uh, not much. Uh, uh, 
adapting. Problem, like, yeah, uh, yeah, not much problem really. Um, it was a. I think I saw a, uh, an interview that he said that one of the big reasons he joined uh, Son Etienne was because of Gasse. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see <laughs> if he has the same sort of uh, uh, connection with Preton. But um, he was he was banished from the uh, Liave squad because he refused to sign a new contract. So he hasn't actually played um, a club game since, I think, since probably the start of the year, maybe. Um, so that's a bit concerning, but I think he's had plenty of time to bring back his fitness uh, if it did drop off and sort of slot beside Saliba. It's quite a, well, it's a very young um, centre-back pairing, but I think it'd be pretty, um, pretty impressive. So with all the additions they've made this season and the Printon coming in, Thomas, where do you think they're going to end this season? I take it you're probably counting McCoody as their kind of key young player, but yes. who do you see being as a key player and where do you think they'll finish this season? Uh, I think key player will probably probably be Wabi Kasri again. Um, he's just he's sort of always he's everywhere on the pitch when when I when I see him play. He just runs around and sort of barges into other players, <laughs> defenders. Um, but you know he's obviously a, a, a really talented player. He's creative, can goal score, um, sort of bullies defenders around the pitch. Uh, he sort of carried them with his goal scoring a lot last season. Um, so he'll be the key player. And where they finish. I think I'm going to go with third, probably. Okay. Nathan, where do you think? Well, I think San Setien will be fourth. Uh, I, I think they're, they're strong enough at the moment if they, if Europa League doesn't get in the way to be to be heading that way. I, I, I think that key players, I think I think Tom hit the nail on the head at least going forward. So I'll, I'll go a bit further back, in fact, all the way back and go to the probably the best league and goalkeeper over the last sort of decade, um, Stefan Ruffier terrific goalkeeper um yeah. can be sensational on his day uh, an absolute brick wall on his day sometimes and a and a real tremendous asset to Saint-Étienne when he's on absolute top form and um he's incredibly reliable he has the yes he does have the occasional mad mistake but you may only get one or two a season and you're you're paying for those in the sense that you'll get 10 12 15 games where he's um pulling off saves in the top corner in the bottom corner and here there and everywhere as if he's got about eight hands um <laughs> my my young player is is probably not going to surprise really because if you're picking Makudi, the other one would be will be Saliba um the interesting thing will be to see what the defence looks like and whether they'll risk playing those two young players together my instinct says they'll either play three at the back with Peran or one with the uh, the sort of silver-haired fox and the Saint-Étienne <laughs> stalwart who is slowing down in this season so so they they do need improvements from the two players and Arsenal fans will keep a keen eye on seeing how Saliba does because he was excellent at times last season and learning from probably the most underrated defender you may say France but you may even say in the across Europe, really, over the last decade, really in Loric Power, and it's just, it's an absolute travesty he's never had a, a French cap at all. So yeah. they're, they're, those yeah. two learning from someone as good as him, um, especially given that he's never really had much pace and he's losing it as it is, um, it will be great for them to learn from him. And I think Saliba will really benefit from that if he plays as much as they expect him to, because th- there is that sort of whether they play two at the back, will they play three at the back? Um, we'll, we shall see, but... Um, it's going to be an important season for him because if he wants to go into Arsenal or guns blazing, he needs to play as well as he did last season, if not better. Get the Saint-Étienne team into that defensive juggernaut that they can be and uh, really go from there. And um, Because if he doesn't, 
he heads to Arsenal next season, he's either going to go on loan again or he's going to be um, sitting on the bench looking at David Luiz and Shotgun Mustafi <laughs> instead. So um, he needs to make sure he has a good season and I think he has all the ability to do so. Absolutely. Well, talking about good defenders, let's go on to a team with a pretty good defence, or at least they did last year. We'll come on to that in a second. Nice, they finished seventh last season and had the, and conceded the second least number of goals with just 35, a tally matched by Paris Saint-Germain. Patrick Vieira, it was his first season uh, in France with Nice and he's been confirmed pretty much that he'll be taking over again this season despite a recent takeover in the summer, which has slightly scuppered a lot of their summer business. Kefren Turam has been the only player brought in while they've also lost players like, of course, who could forget, Alan San-Maximan, uh, also Olivier Biscagli and Roman Perrault, two kind of younger left-backs. Do you think this is a little bit a little bit concerning that they've only been able to bring in one player over the summer when they've still got quite an inexperienced coach like Patrick Vieira? What do you think about that, Nathan? I'm not so worried about the coach. I think Patrick Vieira has shown that he's a he's a good solid coach in New York, and last season he did a lot with what is essentially still a threadbare squad, really, of, of yeah. a smattering of talent here, there, and everywhere here and there, but nothing. Um, super exceptional in in midfield or attack at the moment, at least anyway. But um, uh, they need to get that whatever they're doing at the top of the end. Jim Radcliffe needs to get his feet under the table. Should it be him that takes over? We are all waiting essentially for him to be confirmed. And when that happens, I imagine the floodgates will change open and the predictions and everything will change. But at the moment, they look pretty rubbish. To be fair, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I'll ever say that Alex Maximan is amazing but he was very important to them last season because he was pretty much their only creative outlet really he was the only one who really made something happen so it's there's a lot on the shoulders of these young strikers next season there's a lot on the shoulders of players like Vilan Ciprian who was sensational before he was injured and it's such a shame that it seemed to have took him a while but is he one of those players that maybe takes 18 months to come back and explodes this season after a full pre-season and everything like that and the fact they've kept players like Yusuf Atal at the moment at right back, he's, he was excellent, especially in the last half of the season. And, and they've still got players like Malang Sar, who still is so young and can grow into areas. And they had a terrific season from Walter Benitez as well, who, who was a real shining light. So I'm a little worried at the moment. I'm not worried about Patrick Vieira. I am worried about this squad. The takeover needs to be sorted. They'll probably sign five or six players as soon as it is. And then we're going to see what the real niece is. But um, they need to hurry up. Yeah, they've only got another month or so, just under a month before the, the transfer panel kind of slams shut. So if that doesn't get done sooner rather than later, they could see some problems. We've seen those problems on the pitch. They conceded eight against Wolfsburg and six against Burnley. You know, that must be quite concerning for Nice fans. Uh, do you think they'll be thinking... Oh goodness! If if we don't sign any players before September, what's going to happen this season? You know, do you think fans will be a wee bit worried with the whole situation, Thomas? I think so. It just depends on whether they'll sign any any players. Really, the squad is looking really, really bare, and I don't think you can rely on Walter Benitez to keep out that many goals like he did last season. Um, I was looking up uh, some statistics and I, I saw that. Out of all the top five leagues, Nice have overperformed their expected goals against by 15, um, oh which is a bit ridiculous. So it, it sort of showed that they should have conceded 50, but they only conceded 35. 
and it's, it's sort of up to Benitez to to see if he can perform the miraculous um, feats they did they did last season, try and keep them goals out, really. <laughs> right, so where do you think they're going to finish this season? Do you see Walter Benitez being their key player this season or, or maybe someone else? Yeah, I think I think it'll probably be either Benitez or Atal. Um, but for me, uh, Benitez, if he, if he performs as, as well as he does, he did last season, which is more unlikely, um, but he should still be a, a key player keeping keeping the goals out because they're not going to score that many, I don't think. Okay. Where are they going to finish this season quickly? Uh, <laughs> it depends. If they do sign players, then... Yeah, that, that obviously this, this may change depending at on what the, at the moment. Summer. At the moment, I'd say 12th. Nathan, I quickly. I think they could be 15th, 16th, um, yeah. if it stays as it is. If not, if they can bring five or six players in that look pretty good and can get them gelled quickly they could quite easily be a team that finishes sixth seventh again um it just it's it's pretty much that sort of difference at the moment key players cyprian for me um if he can get to the level he's shown previously they'll be it will make all the difference even if this squad doesn't make much changes um and you need to watch out for some of the young forwards i think i think both the Ganago and, and Mao leader, it's a massive, massive season for the both of them because if they don't impress and this takeover goes through, they'll be out of the door um, yeah. and they'll be slung on their own. So they need to show that they're worth something to the club um, with this takeover through because it could completely change Nice in the next couple of years. Yeah. On to the team that just finished one place above Nice last season. Montpellier, under the tutelage of Michel Dersakarian, he brought them to their highest league finish since winning Ligue 1 in 2012. But how will they be affected by the losses of some key players again, like Shkiri, like Aguilar, like Lecomte? You know, the, these were key players for them last season, and many of them have gone out the door. They've brought in Teju Savanier, but he has already got a ligament injury that's supposed to apparently take him out for the first two months of the season. You know, it's 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 as much as they were incredible last season at times. They drew a lot of matches and they're losing a lot of good players. Thomas, do you think they can repeat the successes of last season? Uh, yeah, I think the... I, I was trying to write no, down notes to sort of talk about Montpellier, but all I've got down is they signed Sergio Savan, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, it, it sort of boosts them um, up in my expectations. He was phenomenal. I think we've talked about him probably enough, yeah. but he was phenomenal last season. Um, he could do everything, everything for the team. Um, so I think he'll he'll just be sort of <laughs> the boost in the squad. I mean, they've already got creative players like like Florent Molle, um, but Savigny is another level, really. Yeah, I'm a little worried for Montpellier if if Savigny is out for two months because yeah. the last two seasons they've started really well, which makes me really fear that if they if they have <laughs> missing for two months and they don't start well and their second half of the season is usually pretty dire, um, that they could be in trouble <laughs> again. Um, I think Suke is a good replacement for Aguiar if he can return to the form he had at Nice um, a couple of years ago. Um, he could be a really good replacement, really, and for cheap as well. It's a, a, potentially a tremendous sign in that one. It, it almost will feel like for like if if Suke can get to that level again, which is the real question mark. But it's a, it's a worthy risk, and I like the move for Jordan Ferry to make their defence a little bit more, uh, sorry, their midfield a little bit stronger because it, it sort of adds to the Teji Savanier both of them sort of replacing Skiri is, is even better for them. So um, despite him 
moving on. And I think Skiri will be excellent at Cologne. But the, it, sort of having almost two players to replace the one and maybe change their style a little bit is going to be important. But uh, And keeping Delore obviously, on, 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 on a permanent deal now from Toulouse is, is going to help that, that bromance he's defer, <laughs> developed with... Uh, with um, Laporte up front, it's 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 going to be an important season for them. But I, I I questioned them last season, and I kind of don't want to question them again. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. For their goalkeeper situation is still pretty fraught. They've been linked with people like Robin Olsen amongst others, but at the moment it's essentially two youth goalkeepers that are vying for the place, or at least that's the case has been in pre-season. Matis Carvalho, who recently signed from Toulouse, and also 21-year-old Dimitri Berthaud. Ahead of the new season, I haven't had a notification in the last hour that a player's been signed to, to fill that void in between the sticks. If that doesn't get sorted out soon, could their early season form be affected, Nathan? I suppose it depends on how good the one that debutises at the weekend is. I mean, if Berthaud or, or Carvalho show incredible talents and we've seen a lot of good young goalkeepers in Liga and in, in recent seasons then they'll hold a place but at the same time they if anything for good go- for young goalkeepers they're coming into the ideal scenario of a team that really doesn't concede goals and you've got Pedro Mendes you've got um, the evergreen Vittorio Hilton who, who, said, who says it's his final season but I will never believe him in, until the, <laughs> until it actually happens really because he uh, he, he probably would play into his 50s if they allow him to um, but they're coming into an ideal situation of they're not going to have a million and one shots taken at them Montpellier are such a good, strong defensive team. Desikarian is a coach that loves defensive football, so it's going to take some of the pressure off them. But um, at the same time, can they maintain it throughout the season? You still need some kind of backup of the goalkeeper. I think they maybe still look to bring someone in unless one of the two, whoever debutizes, really impresses. And I think that it's going to be really important. But it's a, it's a real great chance for who does get the opportunity. I mean, they've both sort of had a chance over pre-season to, 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 to wet their wet their um, lips a little bit. Let's hope that they can um, get that chance and seize it and prove that they don't need a, a goalkeeper of experience to come in. Yeah, it would be great to see either of those players really take that number one shirt and do well, but you just don't know. And I think this first week will be quite telling of where Montpellier will finish this season. So, in a word, Thomas, where are they going to finish? Uh, seventh. Nathan? I'll I- Go for about eighth. Um, it depends on a couple more signings, I think. I think it would be also interesting to see how Nicola Coza does this season. He needs a nice, good season. Uh, and hopefully they'll rely not just on Teji Savane, but uh, Tom mentioned Florent Mollet as well. Uh, a really great end to the season. I know um, a fair number of players did, but he was a real creative angle scoring linchpin that they'll hope to lean on again. Because if he keeps doing this, he's, he's going to interest bigger clubs as well. Right. Our last two teams are both teams that are probably going to be scrapping around the lower end of the table. But we'll start with Dijon. They were they were lucky to stay up last season only via a relegation playoff battle with Lons over two legs. But with the squad that they had then, which was already quite weak, they've been stripped as well. Wesley Said, Mehdi Abid, Valentin Rosier. You know, these are key players from last season. The you know the brightest sparks in a rather dim side, and they've been stripped again. They've got a rather inexperienced manager at the helm, and Stefan Jobard. 
it doesn't seem that encouraging. You know, where's the excitement? Where are the points going to come from? Thomas, what do you think about their season coming as a whole? I think it will be sort of the opposite of what we saw two seasons ago. It was exciting, uh, attackive, but when you sign players like Didier and Dong and Ekole Manga, you sort of, you sort of give up that hope, really. Um, there's so many players they have lost from that team. There was uh, Chan Hoon Kwon, who's gone to uh, Freiburg, uh, which I thought was a shame because he was a really um, energetic player, but I think his, the injury had um, the back end of... Uh, last season, season before last season, um, sort of put him back. Um, and also with Bobby Alain, who was also who was impressive when he did play. Uh, he only had 13 games last season, but when he did, he was keeping out as many uh, of the shots as he could, really, which was a lot for Dijon. It was, uh, I think it was four and a half saves per game he was making, which is uh, fairly good. But he's off to, he's, he's been signed by Olympiacos. So it's another concern, really, for Dijon. What do you think about their squad, Nathan? You know, a lot of players have left. Do you think this is maybe the season where they do go down? It's a tough one. I think they're they're close, but they might again. Just if they bring in one or two more as well, I think. I think Akili Manga is a is a decent enough signing, at least at a league level, in terms of where they are at the moment. They need a little bit more defensive reinforcements because that was where they were weak. Rosier is a big loss, but Fouad Shafiq is a pretty good player, at least to replace him with. That's that's a positive for them that they've still got him in. Said, I'm not the biggest fan of Said, even though he did grab the goals. I think Julio Tavares is more important and, and more important to their style, at least anyway. Um, and I think the, the the big one for me is uh, Rosier talent-wise, but also um, Tom mentioned uh, Kwan. I, I really like Chang and Kwan. It was Real shame that he got that injury just before the World Cup as well, because he was going to be um, really exciting for for South Korea alongside sort of Son and, and other um, attacking players they've got. But uh, they've still got a couple of players, at least compared to someone like Nima. I mean, Naim Sleet is still there, although there's there's a lot of rumours of him going away. Enzo Lodi Dice is is a, is a good midfielder that's still young and, and got a lot of talent. Um, uh, Jules Kaitas showed spells at times last season when he came on he had that excellent sort of um debut where he grabbed two goals if he can maybe find that little spark it makes all the difference i think the worry is in the manager though um i think that's where it inexperience um they've gone through a, a, a couple now really you would have hoped for their sake that they could have kept um it would have been a completely different outlook for for myself if they had him still at the helm. Without him, um, I really worry for them that they will struggle. So where do you think they're going to finish this season? Quite low down? I'm tossing between 19th and 18th, really. Um, I think it's probably where they go down in 19th. I, I think they may be won't have enough time to bring enough players in of quality. I think Sleety will probably go before the deadline as well. Their only hope is that they can find something from Tavares and Kaita and, and Lodio DC to give them uh, a real spot to, to push them forward. Thomas? Uh, bottom, <laughs> really. Sad, yeah. but I think so. I actually agree with you. I think we'll finish bottom as well. I just don't see enough going on. I, I, I don't see where the excitement, I don't know where the points are coming from. 
Uh, and let's go to another team that will probably be battling right beside them. It's Amion. They finished 15th last season, um, but they've changed their manager. Christophe Plissier has left, and 37-year-old Luca Elsner has come in. The, he's quite unknown to many people in French football. His dad used to play over here, um, and he also played in Nice youth ranks. But he's coached as a head coach in Cyprus and the Belgium second division. You know, not the most uppity of leagues, not a lot, not a lot of quality there. This is going to be the biggest challenge of his young managerial career so far. It's quite the risk, isn't it, for a team that will almost definitely be battling in and around the relegation spots. Do you think this is too much of a risk, Nathan? Massive risk, um, especially with how good Pellissier was, but it's obviously that, that things behind the scenes and, and so forth have, have changed his mind really to, to take a bit more of a, um, a, a minor backward step in heading to Ligue 2, but I'm pretty sure with the, with the squad he's got at Lorient, he, he will think that he's going to bounce almost straight back. But the hope for Amiens is they've still got a pretty decent squad as of as of speaking, I mean, Regis Gertner is a really good goalkeeper. I think Christoph Jallet is an excellent signing, really, for experience. And he's still got enough to offer, really, someone like a like an Amion, really. At this kind of level, he's going to be a real asset, both experience-wise, and he's still capable enough to, to give them something different. They've still got Saman Godosh, who's had a good pre-season, who was good in the African Cup of Nations as well. If he can push on from what was a decent season but not quite as spectacular as we'd hoped from uh, from his signing from Oster, uh, from Ustersons uh, as well um, hopefully he can push on um, and obviously the key we always talked about as well last season I know um, Adam in particular really loves him and that's Musa Kanate if they can keep him fit for the entire season he will score them goals and that may just be enough for them but the worry like you said at the, at, the, at the start, Lewis, is the coach. Can he get the same out of them that Pellissier did, which was pretty tremendous on the budget they got? That's the real question mark for me going into the season. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Musa Kanati as well, actually. And I think his partnership with Sadio Gurassi and also Godos, but um, also Chadrak Akolu, who's coming on loan from Stuttgart, I think a lot will be resting on their shoulders to get the goals. They didn't get loads of goals last season, but they did get crucial ones. Do you think if Kanati and Gurassi and, and Godos don't really get along this season or, or don't have the same partnership that was on show at times last season, um, Thomas, do you think they could actually also go down alongside Dijon with the risks that they've taken this season managerially? Yeah, I think so. It's another one of them um, complete unknowns managerial-wise. Um, it could really swing either way for them. Uh, I think another loss they was um, Khalid Adenon, who had a, a great AFCON with uh, Benin, but he um, he's left to Saudi Arabia, I believe. And they brought in a sort of defensive player, Christoph Jalle, who's who's been at Nice for a couple of years now, but it's a, a bit of a concern. Um, they've sort of weakened in, in that area of the pitch. Uh, I think if if Konate and, and Godosh don't sort of start firing it, it's a, it's a concern for me real concern with them um, perhaps going down. Mm. They've spent a lot of money, though, 
you know, they've spent almost £12 million, which is the most the club has ever spent in one transfer window. They do like bringing in players that they previously had in on loan, like Gorassi, like Kraft, who's, who's now going on to Newcastle, and Alexis Blinn and Eddie Nahori. But it's a lot of the players that they had last season. You know, it's not as if it's actual additions apart from Christoph Jali. Do you think that'll catch them out? Do you think they have enough depth there to, to really compete in Liga in this season, Thomas? I don't think so. Um, I'm concerned with with how this, <laughs> with how uh, Elsner will, will will sort of set up the team. Really, um, there is obviously Nahore. I was really impressed with last season. Um, I just don't think it will is enough. Um, they sort of just scraped along towards the end of the season. Mm. I think it was probably due to team other teams having just worse form than them. Uh, but I do. It does concern me. I don't think they'll be able to just scrape again. Yeah, I, I'm only tipping them to stay up because I really like Amion just as a club. <laughs> just generally, ever since that insane late goal that took them up a couple of years ago, I just was like, wow, that's that's mad. <laughs> um, but where do you think they're going to finish this season in a number? And who do you think their key and young player will be? Thomas, we'll start with you. I think it will be 19th for Amiel. Um I just don't see him really staying and and clawing um, the way through the season. Uh, key player will be, as as uh, Nathan mentioned, Konate, really. If they keep him fit, uh, he'll get them into double figures for his, his goals, at least. And who would you think would might be a, a young player coming through? I, I took note of Cheikh Tomete. He was he scored a, a yes, goal and yeah, assist yeah. in the same game last season. And you could see little bits of quality as much as he, his game still needs to be honed. Do you think he could be kind of their young player to come through this season? Yeah, I think he chipped in with a. Uh, he could probably chip in with a couple more goals and assists, really, just to help uh, Gosh and, and Kanate. Yeah. Um, yeah, they also signed a. A young player from uh, a Swedish second division from, I'm trying to pronounce this, Broma Poikana, I think it was. I love uh, it. I love it. <laughs> his name was uh, Jack Lan. I've never seen him play, um, but what I've heard apparently is quite a, a promised player. He's only, only 17, so I don't expect to get many minutes, but another another one to watch out for, really. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, what, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, so young player, I was actually going for Jack Lan. Um, I, I've seen a little bit of him. I, I managed to catch a little bit of the, the friendly they played against uh, Hull City recently and he came on. Uh, one thing to say is he's absolutely rapid. Um, he's <laughs> very, very, very quick. Um, so he could be an exciting extra player for them. A, a little bit of a, a mini gem. He went back on loan for the rest of the sort of Swedish season. So he's he's played a fair little bit of football recently. He didn't play absolute loads. He went to AIK in, back in Sweden in the first division for a bit. Um, but he's going to be interesting to see how he develops at 17. And he's, like I say, speed does sometimes kill. Um, and that does will add an extra dimension if he does get game time for, for Amiens this season. But we'll wait and see on that one. Um, I'm a little bit more positive on them. I, I think the look, the likes of, while they'll be resting, riding a quest of a whale, I think they're both promoted sides, are a similar level squad-wise, um, if maybe better coached, potentially. I also think, especially um, if they lose a couple of players, that 
that teams like Nantes and especially Toulouse um, still give me the shivers that they may be dragged into any kind of relegation fight. And I think Amiens might still be around there. I, I'm going to say 16th for, for Amiens this season. I'm hoping that the coach proves me wrong and um, does something different here. And I think we've pretty much put it out the key, man. It, it is that man, uh, Canate, if he stays fit, if he scores... At the rate that he can score for this club, you know, give them 10, 15 goals, then I, I think it will go a long way for them to make it in a, another season in Liga. Yeah, I was looking at a couple of interviews with the, with the manager and, you know, it's, it's easy to talk a good game, but he did talk a good game. Uh, so there's that. And I think we, for the first time, all have the same player who we think will be the key player this season. I also had Musa Kanate put down alongside Cech Tamite. Yeah, I'm actually going to be a wee bit positive as well. I think 18th, 17th, just that that possibility, just on the cusp of it, I think they could maybe, like you said, find a good bit of form with the, with the signings they've made and the young players coming through. And that finishes us off. That's all 10 teams that we were handed with. If you want to hear about any of the other 10 teams that we didn't talk about, like like Ram, like Paris, uh, you can listen to Tuesday's show with Jean-Paul Birmingham. And he talked about all those teams, just in case you're wondering, oh, hey, where'd they go? What are they going to do? Where are they going to finish this season? Go and see that show on every podcast provider you could expect but that's all from myself uh, nathan and thomas thank you very much for listening you can find more on the website and follows on twitter at gffn and thank you very much and we'll see you next week for the next episode of the gffn preview show thank you <laughs>